God, you are the Lord. God Almighty, holy is your name. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I worship you, I praise you, I thank you, Father. I worship you, I praise you, I thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Y'all ready? All right. Okay. I we're live too. All right. That's awesome too. Welcome to our prayer time. Thank you, Father. We glorify you. We praise you. We thank you. I'm just not ready to start talking yet to anybody but Him. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Your name. We worship You. We praise You. We bless You, Father, for Your goodness. You are good to us. I thank You for family members that are having birthdays in the month of July. I thank You that for me it's Christmas time all year round. Being the one that perfects the things that concern us. I praise you and thank you for healings manifesting. For people who are suddenly coming to the awareness that he who the Son has made free is truly free. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the fight that is in the people of the body of Yeshua. I thank you for the stand that you have enabled us to do. That we, having done all, will stand in faith and trust in you. Father, I thank you for the ministry meetings and the gatherings, the apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, teaching, and pastoral meetings that are gathering all over the land for the for the ecclesia coming together in the unity of the faith that you're causing every office and every gift to the body to come into conformity and unity one with another so that we come into the maturity of the sonship of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for this. I thank you for our apostle, the apostle of this house, the apostle Baker. We thank you for the insights. We thank you for the changes, the sacrifices, the breakthroughs. We thank you for the miraculous. I thank you for the financial outpouring to come into her. I thank you for the discoveries of hidden treasures. Father, that you show her places where things have been buried or set aside for her, just as Daniel set aside very many treasures for the time of the coming of the Messiah, just as you caused monies to be stored up in different places, and we've even discovered such a thing today. Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the outpourings from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You are good, and your mercies endure forever, and we worship you and we praise you that every need is met in this ministry. Every need is met in the households of every person that is a part of this. We thank you for expansion. We thank you for uh, for an expanding of, of finances and wealth and so forth that goes beyond the natural ability to do anything. It moves into the supernatural realm. Father, I thank you that this is what you do in the loving unity and the, um, inner, uh, the IRN and all of the other gathering places. I thank you for all of the apostles that have come through this house and have blessed this house, that have left the deposit that you have given and we thank you for our apostle taking the lead on that and just bringing us through lord i thank you for the ministry and the people the ministers in in, in um 
in New York. I thank you for the ones that, that are part of the house locally. I thank you for those that are global. I thank you for every single person that has been a, con a, a contributor to this house. We thank you for those that are still here and thank you for those that were here. The seeds that they sowed into this ministry, that they, the harvest continues, that everything that they desired, that they planted into for a purpose, that the prayers are answered, that you hear and you have heard and it has been recorded and it shall not fall to the ground. I thank you for the healings of the brains and the memories and all of the things of people who had lost faculties and whatever, but now that they're making the decision to fight, that the fight is the ferocious fight of Yeshua, the victor. Father, I praise you and I thank you tonight for turnarounds in lives and in marriages and households and belief systems, that everything that has been a destruction, everything that has been falling into the pot like they were going to be boiled and then cooked by, by a demonic force, that all of these things are, that the water itself is chilled until they want to get out of it. They're not going to be lulled into a false security anymore. I praise you and I thank you for the children of the north, the south, the east, and the west that have been dispersed. But you said that you would cause our children to be brought back to us, that our children are ours alone and not the children of strangers amongst us. I thank you for the push in the spirit, the push in the spirit, the determination of the people of God to follow after God with all of our hearts and no longer to lean to our own understanding. I thank you for a falling away of every belief that has not being you. Every word that anyone has said that has locked them into a system that you did not cause. That your people caught walk in the integrity that says when God says it, I say it. If he didn't say it, then it is not so. That we are not conformed to this world, but we are conformed and being renewed by the, by the renewal of our mind. Transformed by the renewal of our mind. Coming into alignment and all of the childishness ceases and desists and is removed from us. That we no longer hold on to pet demons that we no longer hold on to pet beliefs that keep us in a place of uh, constant disobedience and rebellion against you. I thank you for divine confrontations with the love of God that overturned the works of the adversary in our lives. And we remember he is under our feet. And I thank you for the possibilities that come because we walk in the spirit so that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And even when it feels like things are not going the way we want them to, you said what you said. You say what you mean. You hasten over your own word to perform it. And we choose to be moved into that permanent place of believing what God has said. No longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by trickery and chicanery and all of those other nonsensical things that are myths that come from a rebellious, cast out spirit. No more. No more of that. I love you so much. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for the opportunity to rest in you, and to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves, and choose humility over pride, and to choose you over me. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you for those that sing songs to you. Not songs according to a formula, but songs that are given by the Spirit of the Living God. Glory to God. I pray for friends and family close by and far away. Uh, new people in our lives. 
in a multi-cost ministry. And I pray for all that are under the sound of your voice speaking to me, that you, Father, that you get your heart's desire in their lives so that you can grant to different people all over the place. You can release into them the plans that you have for each of us, plans that give us a future and a hope, plans that cause us to turn away from failure and from things that are gonna just not end well. I want you to have your desires fulfilled because you take pleasure in the prosperity of your people. Lord, it's what Jesus, it's what Jesus said, Father, it's what he said. Lord, I'm saying what you say. I, I want Father to be pleased because of what he gets to do, because of people that turn toward him and that desire the Father. We don't dwell on all these teachings about being orphans and all of these other things that are, are good for the breakthrough, but not for a lifetime. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You guys don't have to whisper thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for what you impart to us in tonight's Kingdom Conversation. Amen. So I assume we've been on for a while. Um, for those of you that are uh, with us by way of media, welcome to Kingdom Conversations for this July 14, 2021. It is July 14th, right? Yeah, so happy birthday to my cousins and, and, and stuff, because I have some cousins that are having a birthday today. Um, and so some of you might be doing the same or somewhere in there. And we apologize for our, we, we have new equipment and we've been trying all kinds of different things. We have new equipment that is mixing in with older equipment. Some of the older equipment um, had to be reminded, you're treasured too, sweetie, so you don't have to be jealous of the new stuff. And so they're all going to get along because we call for unity in our equipment and everything else. Uh, so at any rate, we were going on, even though it took a while to get y'all to kind of catch up with us. I am Pastor Lansing Lee, and this is Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship. And we are doing Kingdom Conversations with our supernatural and prophetic encounters with the Word of God. Sometimes I say it that way. Sometimes I say prophetic and supernatural encounters with the Word of God. What does the sign say? So the S comes before the P, so it's like soup. Okay, soup. <laughs> Supernatural prophetic encounters with the Word of God, which is very important because it's conversations with the Holy Spirit, who is the one that, that has inspired all of the writings of the Word. And one of the things that I, I believe we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to pick up a part of what we had begun in Biblical Solutions for Life on Sunday. And... I am going to listen to hear what it is that he has to say. And I also pray that for those of you that have questions, that you're going to get them answered. Most of the time we do kind of like Q&As. And I don't know if we're going to do that tonight, but I, I want to. I, I picked up my own book. This is not what my book looks like. This is my copy because this was the advanced reader's copy that I had ordered before the book was published. But it's called Kingdom 101. 
and I know she's got a picture of that somewhere. Uh, and I'm actually currently working on a study guide for this, and we're even going to launch a different program that is going to be specifically about this book. So we're going to do book discussions, and so some of you may actually be guests sometimes to kind of talk with me about the book. But the um, if you've read it, and even if you have it, we can still talk about it. So uh, I don't require you to read it. I just think it's kind of a good idea. <laughs> I opened it because I I have had I had one person say to me, he said I bought your book but I haven't read it yet, and I looked turned around looked at him and said I haven't read it either, and he kind of looked surprised at that. And people say you haven't read your own book. It's like of course I've read the book. I've read the book over and over again. I wrote the book, so I had to read the book, but I had to stop reading the book for a season because I kept finding fault with it. You know, you want to fix a sentence, you want to change this, you want to do that. So I had to break away from it. So the final version of the book, my daughter was the first one to read it through, and then she would give me, change this, fix this, you know, broken sentences and so forth. And I think she's an excellent proofer and editor. So I actually had not looked at it. And this is the copy that I used to mark up and to extract the things that I'm doing for the study guide. So tonight I just, while we were working on getting some things together here. I, I just opened it up at random and me being me, I turned towards the back of the book. I actually went to page 245 um, and I just started, which is entitled Believe. So I'm gonna read a, a portion of this and it's gonna, I, I trust it's gonna show up in what we're doing in the scripture, which is gonna come out of Luke chapter one. That's where you can turn in your Bibles and, and things of that sort, okay? Um, but this says Believe. And it says, today I exhort you to believe that your life matters to God. How about that? All right. This book was written in 2000 and it actually was written in 2017. And it went through many transitions. I found the original copy because when I wrote this book, I wrote it in two and a half weeks, the first version. Uh, I think it was about two and a half weeks. I had to have it finished by April 14th. It, what is, what's the normal income tax to April 15th? So I had to have it finished by April 15th. I was on, under a mandate. And so I didn't know what to write, so I just sat down at the computer and I started to write. Because I always talk about the kingdom of God. And so this book came out. And it was 90 pages, the original. This one is 293. So <laughs> how do we get from 200 more pages? Well, actually, once I started editing it, it swelled to 500 pages. So book two and book three are actually in it, uh, you know, carried within the pages of that. And why it did is because what I had touched on, the teacher in me got involved and wanted to expound upon it so that I didn't just leave people hanging. Because you can, a lot of times if you're teaching and we're teaching in a collapsed period of time, uh, we, you know, we have one hour or we have 15 minutes or, or whatever the period of time is, there's so much that we don't say that uh, we want to say, but we're not able to say it all. And I, I think I tried. Somebody had said, um, you got a lot of scriptures in here. And my response to that was, the Bible has more scriptures in it than this book has. <laughs> so it is a lot of scriptures because it's what God said. And we're talking about the kingdom. So when you talk about the kingdom, you have to talk about the constitution of the kingdom, which is the word of God. Yes. You have to say what the king has said because that's what it is about and one of the systems or one of the things that is very relevant in the kingdom of god is belief so here he said i exhort or we say i exhort you to believe that your life matters to god 
During his time on earth, Jesus demonstrated the royal mind of a king. He spoke with authority to elements, trees, sicknesses, demonic spirits, and even death itself. He expected his commands to be obeyed, and he got what he expected. Why? His mind was firmly fixed on the identity he had been given by God. Now, why is that important? It's important to us because we carry that same identity, which is the life of God. We are carriers of the Spirit of God. We are carriers of the life of God. The life of God is, is, is what we are to live from, more so than most people think, well, you have to live a good life. You have to live a, a, a uh, oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of rules and things about the kind of life that you're supposed to live when you're born from above. And we're supposed to live a good Christian life. Well, no, we're not supposed to live a Christian life. We're supposed to live the life of Christ. We're supposed to let him, in other words, we are the body of Yeshua Jesus. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. The Bible says he's the head of the church, and we are all one in him. That's why I believe we said last week there's only one perfect body. And it's not that good-looking man or woman that you see. They may have a nice one, but the perfect one is the body of Christ. The Bible talks about that in Ephesians chapter 4 because it says that he wants this work. The, the gifts that he gave to the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher is for the equipping or the perfecting of the saints, the perfecting of the body. Because the perfect head is to have the perfect body. Jesus is the perfect head. Right? You with me so far? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that you should uh, go out and eat all the chocolate-covered bacon you can find <laughs> or, you know, things of that sort. But what it does mean is that if you're going to dwell on perfection, dwell on the perfection of the perfect one. And remember that he, him being in you, our maturing into him, that's our perfection. Our perfection is not having the great hair or eyes or face or body or teeth or this or that, all which are fine aesthetics. Okay, but the perfection, which is maturity and completion, the word perfect in the Bible, um, I, I like to read it out of Psalm 138, verse 8, where I'm saying the Lord, I quote it, the Lord will perfect things that concern you. Well, that word perfect is defined as matures or brings to a place of completion. So see, in the world, perfect is supposed to be flawless. But in the body of Christ, perfect is about being completed. So you have to shift from going after something so low, so low level about being having the perfect look, which you're never going to have because you're always going to find somebody that prefers something else. Here you go knocking yourself out thinking, you know, I got it made. Some woman starving herself and she meets what she thinks is the perfect man. And he says, I think she's really nice. She just needs a little more meat on her bones. And she said, I should have ate everything that I wanted to eat instead of starving myself to try to get this bloke, guy, man, whatever, um, who, who looks at you and thinks, yeah, you just lack one thing. Your hips are too skinny. That's a dream man right there. That's a dream man right there. It's like, wow, he really knows perfection. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? Or... Or he knocks himself out doing all the muscle thing, and she's like, actually, I like skinny, scrawny with glasses. <laughs> He's like, I was skinny, scrawny with glasses. He's like, well, you didn't call me. Do you see what I mean? There's always somebody, you think, I've made the perfect meal. This is just excellent. 
And somebody says, I think it's pretty good, but I think it's too salty. I think it's pretty good, but it's too spicy. I think it's pretty good. It's like, but it was perfect to you, but not perfect to them. So mayhap it's time to cease and desist from trying to see yourself through the eyes of people that do not have clear vision. Okay, in that case, you know what they're talking about? They're talking about something that probably has more to do with quantum physics, matter, you know, um, molecules or um, things of this sort. They're really coming more from that type of stuff because as you understand, everything is made up of matter, M-A-T-T-E-R. That, that's a word that's more it's, it has more scientific connection to it as well. And so sound, um, light, particles, all of those type of things, when you're speaking of matter, you have to look at it from the source that it comes from. And if the source is to bring destruction to others, it is not truth. It's not true. If you devalue anybody in an effort to raise yourself up, you have just proven that everything does not matter. Do you understand? It does not, you, you diminish the value of something in order to promote your value. But humanity has a price that has been paid for all of it. There is an equalizer that makes everyone of supreme value, even if they act like a turd. And that is the blood of Jesus, which was paid, was released into the earth for every human being. And because of that, you and I are meant to live at a higher degree than we actually, most of us do. Because we live in this earth according to the things of the earth, thinking that only that which is in the visible material realm, that that's all that ready for matters. But when you look at your life and the lives of others from, a, from the highest source, then you can start to see particles you can see light, if you will, shining into areas where it's like, wow, they're in need of improvement. Everybody's not going to do that. Jesus died for crooks, for criminals, for, for cheaters, uh, as well as for your sweet little children and, and good folks and all the people that you think are worthy and deserving of, of, of attention. Because, you know, every person on the planet pretty much has a rating system by which we say they're worthy, they're not. They are, this is a good one, that one should go straight to hell, you know. Not even in Monopoly, go to jail, go straight to jail, do not pass, go, it's like go to hell, don't even pass, don't even get to jail, just go, right? That's the way people think. But it's not the way God thinks. And if you belong to him, now if you don't belong to him, I understand that, because I came from that too. And I had a different valuation system. I, I, I've kept trying to conform to somebody else's image of perfection. And it got tiring, especially when I realized I didn't actually like those people. I liked the idea of those people, but the reality of those people was very different from the idea. Some people, have you ever said, well, you were so cool when I saw you on TV. It was great to, you know, I really have just loved you for years listening to you on the radio or whatever it happened to be or on the internet. But now that I've met you, I think I'm going to go back to knowing you from a distance because this up close and personal is not working for me. Why? Because up close and personal is where the imperfections start to show. Up close and personal is where the flaws are. And if you are not walking 
from the spirit, you're going to be very impatient with the flaws of other people. You're going to be very impatient with the way that they do things. You drive fast, they drive slow. Oh, they're so exhausting. You like spicy, they like bland. Ugh, why did I even try? They're so boring. Okay, you like color, they like, uh, or you like clutter, and they like minimalism. Oh, no, we cannot coexist in the same room, right? See what I mean? Why? Because up close and personal, I mean, I love you on the, on the TV show where you're doing all the great stuff, but when you came to my house to wreak havoc, I don't think I'm so fond of you because you follow my good stuff junk. You're telling me to throw this away. You don't know what I've been through with this. This teddy bear and I have been doing some stuff together. You can't just come in here and tell me to do that. And no, maybe I don't actually wear those shoes, but I bought them on sale 25 years ago. I, I may never wear them, but that doesn't mean I have to get rid of them. See, because when somebody starts coming up close and personal into your life, they get involved and engaged in what you're like. It's like, no, I did not tell you to come into my life to be a part of my life. I just said, come into my life. <laughs> right? That's good. And is that a perfect segue to say how that's how many of us have done God? Yes. I want you to be Jesus, but I, and, and Lord is good. But I didn't mean owner. Well, that, but, but that's what the word means. Yeah, I know that's what the word means. But it doesn't mean you need to think you're going to come in here and lord over me. Well, but that's what it means. Yeah, I know that's what it means. But it needs another definition. It needs to be defined in a way that's going to work for me. And the way Christianity is, it does not work for me. Or the way kingdom is, it doesn't work for me because kingdom requires me to have one king. Kingdom requires me to have one source for truth, just one, just one. Have you ever heard, uh, oh my gosh, I've seen it in, on commercials, I guess, or in movies or something. Where the person, it's the night before their wedding, and they look depressed. And and so the character will say something like, well, I just realized this is going to be the last person that I have sex with. Excuse me? Yeah. Now that if I'm going to marry them, they're the only person that I'm going to ever get to have sex with again for the rest of my life. Well, yeah, that means you get to tone down the whole one. Mayhap that's not how they say it, but... Yeah, you're supposed to turn it off completely. Yeah, but see, I like variety. Hmm. Then go to eat at a buffet and keep the purity in the marriage. Variety is good in certain places, not in every place. Singularity is good in certain places, but not in every place. You see? But when it comes to the source for life, as far as the kingdom is concerned, you only have one. You have one place from which your identity comes. You have one place by which you are valued. You can either be valued by the world, which means devalued constantly, or you can be valued by the king, by the blood of Jesus, and let that be the price that is affecting you. And then no matter what anybody else says, even if they say you're worthless, you know it's a lie because somebody's already paid a price for you. One source of truth, just one. And that's something you have to settle if you want to settle in identity. So there it is. Um, he says he expected his commands to be obeyed and he got what he expected. Why? His mind was firmly fixed on the identity he had been given by God. The identity, again, that he had been given by God is life. 
the life of God in his flesh, in his blood, if you will. Okay? So with that being the case, he expected his commands to be obeyed because God expected his commands to be obeyed. And because he was speaking for God, he was hearing from God and then speaking what God wanted him to say, and he knew what God had told the prophet Jeremiah. I'll give you the quote of it, um, Jeremiah chapter 1. I'm not going to give you the exact verse, but uh, maybe it's verse 7, maybe 6, maybe 9, maybe 11. It's somewhere in there. Okay, but in Jeremiah chapter 1, I'm sure of that. God told Jeremiah, it's verse 12. I hate, <laughs> somebody look it up. <laughs> I think it's verse 12. I'm taking a guess. Verse 12, Jeremiah 1, 12. I hasten over my word to perform it. I watch over my word to bring it to pass. Well, all you quick Bible stuff, the scholars, anybody, everybody, Frederick, help a sister out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 112. I have it here. Okay, go ahead. He has it right there. It okay. says, the Lord, then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I will hasten my word to perform it. I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I said it right. Excuse me. Okay. Anyway, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. <laughs> Jeremiah 1.12. God said, I hasten over my word. I watch over it. I hover over it. I brood over it. I pay attention to it because I have, I'm listening to what is being said so that I can do with it what I said I would do. And Jesus understood that. Okay? He's carrying that truth in him. How do I know? Because he's carrying the life of the Father. If you're carrying the life of the Father, you're carrying the heart of the Father. And you're carrying the words of the Father. So you're carrying the will of the Father. And so he knows the Father said, I hasten over my word. And so Jesus expected his words to be obeyed because he's speaking for the Father. You with me? Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, so he's firmly fixed on the identity he had been given by God. That's the same, again, identity we have been given, that we are able to decree and declare a thing and have it to become established for us. But many times what we, I, I don't know if you understand what I mean by this, but when you release a word, when I release a prayer, I go with it. I'm going with it. I, I don't just pray, okay? You know, just blah, there, amen. I don't do that. My heart is connected to that. My expectation of it coming to pass is connected. And when I release a prayer, this is part of me that is tuned in to listen because I'm listening for the spirit of the voice of God to say to me, I heard you. Jesus prayed in the garden and other places. I think, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know that you hear me in Chronicles. I'm not going to try this again. Possibly 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Somebody can look it up and see. But I believe it's 2 Chronicles 7, possibly verse 14 or thereabouts. If it's not 2, it's 1. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but it was when the Bible talks about Solomon dedicating the temple. And it says, And the Lord came to Solomon by night 
And that's when he said, I've heard the prayer that you prayed. And he, and this is what most of us are familiar with. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven. Um, that's a, a verse where he was saying, your submission to me causes you to say what I have given you to say. And when you submit to my work, again, I am paying attention. I'm listening for you to speak my word because that's you coming back to me to get me involved in the affairs of your life. My ears, he said, are attentive to the words that come from this place, will be attentive to the words that come from this place. I'm hearkening, listening to your words. I'm listening to hear you connect to me. My prayers, our prayers, I say, I pray this stuff and I'm connected because my heart has expectation that when he hears, he actually activates it and he brings it to pass. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's why if I pray for your children or your grandchildren, your, your daughter or your grandchildren, then if I pray for them, if I pray for you um, that are watching this, if I pray for any of you or, or, or whatever it happens to be when we do our city prayer calls and the things like that, I'm connected with those words. It's like when I release this, Father, it is to understand that you have given me, you have given us your desire, what you want us to release. And so when we release it, you are it's going right into you it's going right into you it's coming right to you you're saying yes and i'm coming with you to watch you do what you said you will do i'm excited that my dad my daddy is going to change lives when i speak or pray for the children or i pray for the turnaround People will go, well, it doesn't look like it's happening. You're looking through a natural eye. I'm looking at something that's boring through, cutting through. It's going, it's, it's, it's not just, uh, it's not just in this moment, but it's beyond the moment that you see. To go to the place where the thing, it's blocked from ever being able to go any further than what it has. And I'm expecting turnaround. I'm expecting that things that were trying to bring your life or my life or the lives of our children or families or whatever to destruction, that it hits a wall and that wall collapses it. That wall falls upon it, crushes it, stops it. It's a, it's a halt, it's a boundary. It's a, it's a declaration of faith in God that the works of the adversary will not prevail over what he has said. That's the conversation that we have with the Holy Spirit. And that's why I don't like all this little frivolous mess that, that, that people want to do. You know, to me, it, it's like, are you kidding? This is the audience with the king. This is the audience with the judge. If I call for a divine restraining order, I expect that thing to be stopped. If I call for change uh, or even healing, people say, yeah, but they still die. Of course they die. They chose it. But what I prayed was a cessation of the work of darkness. Do you understand? You don't force. I don't pray a prayer that goes down somebody's throat and says, bless God, you will choose. You know, you don't do that. You stay within your metro. And what do we do? We release a word that hastens and hovers over somebody. So over the moment they cry out to God, bam, that word falls on them like rain. 
it manifests immediately. We're not waiting until, you, I mean, let's just face it. If you wait to pray for somebody when they're in a mess, you waited, you waited a while. They waited a while. But I, I don't I don't get caught up in that. It's like, no, we've already sent that word ahead. If I hear you talking too much death and destruction in your life, we have to send forth forces of life because you're stupid. You get what I'm saying? Dull of understanding? You lack understanding of what you all know what you're messing with. Now here y'all go. It's, it's like the superheroes in the movies they go, okay, we're going to go save the world again. Why again? Because these people ain't going to shut up. They just insist on saying stupid, we're going to die, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. No, we're not. But I need you to stop saying it because you're causing a panic among the people. They're listening to a fool and so therefore they're not hearing truth. You see that in the Bible, in the book of Numbers I believe it is, after the 12 spies went into the land to spy it out and Joshua and Caleb were part of that 12 and they came and they said yes, there are giants in the land but there, and there's fruit and there's this and there's that and the other and, and God has this all for us but, but the people were so conditioned to fear, so conditioned even like you see now, why do you still see people wearing masks? I don't know. But some people are con having conditioned by fear. And even though you tell them, well, it's done, they're still fearful, full of fear. It might get me. There's a lion in the streets. I shall be eaten. The lion is five blocks from your house. <laughs> and you live in a high-rise apartment with a security gate, glass boundaries, and an elevator that requires a code to get oh to where God. you live. But the lion in the streets go somehow find it where I don't know, it's gonna get caught up in a helicopter, raised up to my balcony and burst through the door. Somehow it's going to find me. It's gonna bypass everybody else and it's gonna to come to me. People create an expectation, right? When you create an expectation for sickness, for disease, for being broke, for disaster, for, for, for any, for poverty, <laughs> you send a clear signal. Here I am. It's like pinging. Ping, ping, ping. I'm right here. I'm right here. Disaster. I'm right here. Okay? Sadness. Heartbreak. Heart disease. Whatever it is. I'm right here. I'm right here. That's what people do. By your words. Identity. That's not who you are in the kingdom. It's not submitting to what God said. It's submitting to a lie. And whatever you bow to, you give power. If you choose a lie as your source for truth, it's not true, but it's true to you. You see, because a lie is always a lie. No matter who says it, a lie is always a lie. A lie does not contain truth in it, even if it, well, it has a little bit of truth. No, what it does, it, it's like a seasoning. It's a fake seasoning. A lie is always a lie. It's never the truth. Well, it could be true sometimes to you, yes. But in the, if you will, in the realm of the spirit, it is not. It always throbs, if you will, uh, vibrates, if you want to use that, at a low frequency because lies come from a low place. Truth only comes from one source. And that's the God of truth, the spirit of truth. He, it's his name. So how can truth be anybody, come from anybody else? 
Do you understand what I mean? So if God is not your source for truth, you don't have one. You don't have truth. Everybody with me so far? I know. I'm going to rock your world. (laughs) We're going to shake it up a little bit. These are what our notes were. What is my source for truth? Who is my source? Who is my mama is my source for truth? No. (laughs) My mama don't lie, but she's still not my source for truth. It has to be higher. Higher. What am I telling you? Let let me put it to you this way. I don't care if you decide that the news sources, your personal research, books that you've read, research studies out of obscure places, if you've ever bought any of those vitamins online because somebody traveled to another country and a shaman or something, (laughs) whatever, okay. Truth is a commodity of the spirit realm. It doesn't come from the soul realm. It or it originates, its origins are spirit. Because God is truth and God is a spirit. Are you with me? Truth is always of spirit. Well, I'm looking at a natural thing and it did, but it still had to pull its origins from a spirit source. Source is the word I'm talking about. Source. It's not a source of the earth. It's the source that caused the earth to come into existence. Genesis 1. And God hastened over or he watched over the earth, brooded, the spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep and he spoke. And he let you know in Psalm 24, the earth belongs to me. So it had to have come from him to belong to him. And therefore it sourced from truth, not a lie. It became because of all of the occupancy and so forth, it shift it but he had the authority to turn it back because it belongs to him so that's why you can look at all the chaos in the earth today and understand that when the owner speaks it is still owned by God anybody a renter ever rent anything okay when the landlord spoke now the landlord might have been a property management company property management company unless their name was on title he doesn't own your property they just gave they were the go-between but when the owner decides i'm going to sell it or i want it back and the owners takes possession of it they say the contract you don't renew it again i want it at the end of the lease period i want my property back you can't stop the owner i'm going to burn it down you still gonna have to vacate Okay, yeah, you'll pay for it too, but you still got to vacate, okay? If you burn it down, you truly don't have a place to go. When the owner declares, I'm taking what belongs to me, who can stop them? Well, Psalm 24, 1, go ahead, somebody find it and read it out loud. Just so we're clear. Mm -hmm. 
That's a hallmark scripture for this ministry. More than one person, yeah, just where you find it, somebody. The earth is the Lord, like it says, the earth belongs to God. And everything in all the worlds is his. Who is the landlord of the earth? Well, we're the Lord's own the land. In other words, citizens of the kingdom. So what we say, when we say what he says, we call for redemption of the ground. We call for what the land, what the owner, the land owner has said. And, and we, as his citizens, decree and declare what he says. So the earth belongs to him. And he said, the people belong to me too. The breath that's in them is mine. Whether they breathe for me or not. Because <laughs> we don't all breathe for God. Who are you breathing for? Well, I don't know. I'm undecided. I breathe for myself. You know, well, no, really you don't because you're, okay, okay ready? Who's the source of your breath? Who's the source of your breath? It comes from only one person. Satan doesn't have any life. Are you catching me now? Yes. He does not. He is not the spirit of life. Life does not originate from a created being, especially not a fallen one. If Satan is so big and bad, how come he can't get back into heaven? <laughs> right? That's a good one. Yeah. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yes. If Satan is so all that, how come he can't be everywhere at once, but God can? Do you understand? These are the things you said, you look at the havoc that's being wreaked. You look at the different things. But again, when the landlord calls, or the owner, I should say, calls for his ground, his earth, he retains it because it, it came from him. You did too. I don't believe in that. Doesn't it, it hasn't, your belief doesn't? Hello, you ain't been here that long. You've been here just long enough to develop a, a series of beliefs that will get you hurt because it's error. You have accumulated over your lifetime. Every person we've accumulated over our lifetime a series of lies and twisted, distorted thoughts that cause each of us to be whatever it is that we've been. And the only time we ever display true sanity is when truth has become a part of our lives. Because the adversary does not have sanity. It's sourced from God. What am I trying to tell you? He can't have it because he separated from it. Satan does not have any of God's qualities of character. And if you walk in darkness, neither do you. You understand? Well, we, at least we don't display them. I'm not trying to make you hopeless because there's always there's this wonderful, awesome thing called forgiveness and repentance that just turns a lot of things around. All right? But what I am going to say is a failure to submit to what he says, a failure to do what he tells you to do typically sets you up or failure and this is when we wake up frustrated and tired and depressed and as we talked about a little bit last week I just give up on God forget it it's nothing is happening it's not 
way you know he said and I just don't even want I don't even care anymore I don't even want to hear it anymore and all of this other kind of silliness because you have changed your source of truth so let's let's get into this other thing um, it says here he knew who he was and what he was sent to do and that's the identification of self he wants us to take in him with his identity firmly in place Jesus aligned his thoughts and actions with his purpose and destiny this same alignment is possible for us once we choose to believe that our identity and purpose derive from the same source as Jesus's. In truth, this is part of our kingdom destiny to believe. Okay? So that's as far as I'm going to go with that. That was page 245 in, in the book, Kingdom 101. Pretty cool. All right? And the workbook, study guide coming soon. Now, Sunday, we, I, I, well, let me make sure everybody's clear on, on what we just said because that was our introduction. Everybody clear? Yes? Yes. Okay, children, you have to say something. <laughs> Don't say the word something. All right. Okay. Luke chapter 1. It says, starting in verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name, Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored, the Lord with you, blessed you among women. Among women, not above. Okay? okay. He said, You're blessed among women. Within all of the, you're highly favored is the way um, the uh, King James puts it. Um, and it says basically you're going to, and that word bless it means that they're going to speak well of you you're going to be celebrated and um, you're going to be caused to prosper God has favored you now here's the thing Mary was favored with bringing forth Messiah we in 21st century and ever since that time we have been each of us blessed and highly favored of God to bring forth what he put in us to bring because everything that we do is designed to, to for the for the perfecting of saints, for the building, for the work of ministry, to bring about the fulfillment of the desire of God, the manifesting or the, the truth being seen of what it looks like to be a son of God. What it looks like to walk as one that is favored. Not just um, having all your toys, not just having everything in order the way you want, but being able to bring change into the environments that you're called into. Whatever segment of society you were called to affect a change. And and it's like, yeah, but I, I'm only one person. Yes, but you're supposed to bring the part that you're to bring. And then if everybody else, as everyone else starts to be motivated to obey, and we all bring to the party, if you will, the part that we are, then we build something great. If one person has a hammer and another person has wood and another person has nails and another person has a tractor and another person has this and they all converge in the same spot, they're going to build something great, don't you think? Yeah. Because you're going to have everything there. Everything is equipped. The body, the gifts, the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints. In other words, to ensure that every person has the tools that he or she needs to go forth and to do what? To bring about the building of what God wants to build. We get the example in Genesis 11 where it talks about they were creating the Tower of Babel and it said, or Babel, and it says that the people were of one mind and they said, this is what we're going to do. So what did everybody do? They brought their skill sets to one place to build one thing. 
Now that was a fake erect, uh, erecting of something. It was a building that was made with hands. It was a man-made thought, concept to do. But the Bible says, if you flip over there real quick, he says the people are of one mind. And so therefore, what it is that they have determined to do, they are able to do. It said they had one language and one speech. This is 11.1, Genesis. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Verse 3, they said, see none. There was, see, they spoke, see, they said one to another. So it came into hearing and it was submitted to. It was submitted to. Diana says something and I'm listening to her and she's coming from her place of, of this is the idea, this is the, the thing. And I, when I submit to what you say, I get the picture of what it is that you want to do. So you speak this, hey, let's make bricks and bake thoroughly. Okay, so what did they do? They all decided, let's bake bricks. I don't even know if anybody knew what a brick was. But somebody got an idea, we're going to take this, and we're going to take this, and we're going to put it together, and then we're going to put heat to it, and we're going to bake it. And look what we came out with, this big brick. Well, I don't think it was like the household bricks, but it was this big slab, right? Whoa, wow, let's make another one. All right, so they got into the brick building. Everybody was building bricks. And they had a brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And then they said, well, what are we gonna do with them? Well, somebody obviously had a construction anointing going on. They thought, let's build ourselves a city. All right, we're gonna build a city. Does anybody know what a city is? Well, we'll find out when we build it, won't we? And they built a city. And then what did they do? And they said, and a tower whose top goes to the heavens. Let's make a name. This is where it is. Let's make a name for who? Ourselves. Least we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. What was the point of that? We understand that unity is what will enable us to be unstoppable. They kept submitting to the words one to another. You're saying this, and I agree with this, so I'm going to catch your picture. Now, if you speak a truth and I catch your truth, then we're going to build something that is true. If you speak a lie and I don't know the truth, I can fall for your lie. The only way you don't fall for a lie is because you know the truth. Because you stand for it. Not just know it. Because people know what the truth is, but they won't stand for it because they know fear. Or they know risk, or they, they don't, they have more than one source for truth. They know it's true. It's possibly true, may happen, it is true. I mean, you know, I've heard that before, but you know, my experience, and they think that experience is greater than truth. It's not, it's experience. Do you understand that God does not want, we, have anybody ever gone to the school of hard knocks? Yeah, right? And you learned lessons from the school of hard knocks, right? But did you know yes. that God didn't want to teach you from the school of hard knocks? He wanted to teach you from his word. He always, always wanted us to learn by his spirit. Even when it, the Bible talks about Jesus' experience, or he grew uh, and learned obedience to the things that he suffered, he did not ever walk in disobedience, or he never learned a lesson from a mistake. He learned from the Spirit of God. Suffered means what he allowed to be. 
He allowed the word of God. He allowed the spirit of God to be his only source for truth. He allowed the spirit of God and the truth of God to be his source of instruction. And so therefore what he suffered was what he allowed to be. He allowed God to have preeminence in his life. Therefore, every lesson he learned, he learned from the true source. He learned from the source of truth. School hard knocks comes because you listen to a lie. Wow. <laughs> My choir just came in the tune right there, boy. <laughs> School of hard knocks, right? You listen to a lie. You believe what that man told you. You believe what that switch, bait and switch thing. You believe we said, don't go in there. Don't go down that alley. Oh, it's all right. They said it'd be safe. You know, don't go. Don't give them your money. Don't do that. Oh, you know, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's like to be young and in love. You don't know. You don't know. It's like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. <laughs> but you want to, you don't want the source truth to be the source of your lesson. I got to learn this for myself. And you come all raggedy and beat up and bruised talking about, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I tried to tell you. My brother was faithful. Nobody told me. It's like, clown, we told you seven times. <laughs> Maybe on the eighth time you would have got it. But you shut us down and told us, don't talk to me about this anymore. I'm going for it. Well, then go for it. Right? School of hard knocks. Yes. Come out of that school. It's not of God. Right. That's called the school of rebellion Come and on. disobedience and independence. Yeah. If you want to call it by the other names, but you know what it looks like? It looks like, oh, it's got such a pretty shield and it's got all these sparkly things on it and it just and it makes beautiful sounds and just lovely little digging sounds. And I got a free ticket too, and it's all and all my friends are going. So I'm gonna go to this school because it's the best school for me. You know. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is the Bible says Jesus said He is the one to teach you. This is why the Bible is saying you don't need a man to teach you, but you sure need to hear the Spirit of the Lord speaking to him. And when you hear something different, I, sometimes we don't know how how we hear, because I I've, I've been laughing as the Holy Spirit has been teaching me about how He talks to me and how I never asked Him about it. I I see things in the Spirit and I I get warnings in the Spirit, but I didn't know how those warnings came. And so here I am remarking, um, wow, that's so interesting that I sense this or that or the other. But I never went back to the Spirit of God to say, are you trying to tell me something? So I have these sparkly ideas, and I'm thinking, wow, that's really interesting. And then later after the thing just bit me and beat me up and done all this other kind of stuff, and I'm looking at my life, oh, God, I feel so trash. I feel so used. I feel so dirty. I feel so this or that and the other. He's like, he doesn't ever say to you, I tried to tell you. He just brings the picture back. And you look and go, yeah, yeah, I saw that, you know, and then he does it again. So my angel does not, contrary to popular belief, my angel does not have a, a bruise mark, you know, from going, oh, my God, she's so dumb, you know, um, because all they said is uh, we tried to teach her truth, but she's not listening. So she's going to have to learn it the hard way. But it's never the will of God for you to learn it the hard way. It's to allow, to develop and cultivate a heart that wants to obey him. Yes. 
And then you look like the one that just got the lucky ticket. I guess you just, everybody likes you. God just, just shines light on you. It's like, I've told, my sister did that. She looked at me and she looked at our brother and she thought they're very stupid because my brother and I were constantly getting in trouble with mom, you know, because we just hard headed and all this other stuff. My sister looked at us, she says, if I do that, I'll get hit. If I do that, I'll get punished. If I do that, I'll, so I ain't gonna do what they do. I'm gonna do something different. She did. That's exactly my my sister's a very, very smart woman in, in terms of well, she was a smart kid and child, young person. And she learned obedience by watching us go through uh, us go through school hard knocks. She said, I'm not going to that school. So she walked in obedience and therefore she walked in blessing. Blessing, which is a nicer way of bypassing cursing and, and all this other stuff. All right? Okay. All right, so here they said, let's build this. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, and the tower which the sons of men had built it, okay? And that word tower, which is um, a magnificent elevated stage or a pulpit or a raised bed, it's uh, called the migdal or the migdalah. And so it's also, it also can be used for castles or flowers or pulpit. It's something that is going to grow. And so this is what they were doing. And he saw that, and he said, the people are one and they all have one language and this is what they began to do now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them so he said that's verse six he says so come and let us go down and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech which it lets you know that's how you pray just confound the language speak something you know let let it be that they don't any longer submit one to another but that they instead choose to start walking in what? Listening to the sound of their own voice, only wanting to do what they want to do. Take away the element of unity from their midst, and confusion will come. They'll be, they'll be united in confusion, but confusion does not bring order. You understand? Okay. So, it's a cataract. That's what he's saying. Cloud their eyes. Cloud their ability to, to hear. Okay. And so he said, this is what they do. So the, therefore, the name is called Babel. The Lord scattered them abroad. He said, no, this is not your unity. So again, the owner of the earth said, no, you're not going to do this. You're not doing this with my property. You're not going to do this in this place. And that word Babel, um, Babylon, confusion by mixing. Confusion by mixing, okay? Now, the point of that was that that was one form of unity, but that was not the will of the Father. So this is not what he said, but in Luke 1, when the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, and you're blessed. She saw, and she was troubled at his saying, and she considered what mattered. So what does that mean? She heard his words, but she did not yet submit to them. Because she said, I have a question before I submit. When you're listening for something, when you're listening for truth, see, the element of truth was there. But it was a truth that she had never heard before. And so she said, let me test this to make sure that this is true. Let me test this spirit to make sure that this is true. This is what she was doing. And so she, he said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Okay, now what this angel is speaking, what Gabriel is speaking, is starting to come to her. And she's going, this sounds right, but I still have questions. You, first of all, he called her by her name. And then he said, you found favor with God. And be, or behold, you will conceive in your womb. Okay, last thing, what is the last thing he said about her personally? What did he say to her about her? What was the last thing he said to her about her? Verse 30. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 30. What did he say? I see we're running out of time. You have found favor with God. That was about her. Right? Yes. Read it. You found favor with God. Okay, that's verse 30. All right, Luke 1 30. Now, I've told you that you have found favor with God. So what did he just tell, tell her? I have told, uh, what I'm telling you is that the grace of God is upon you. That this is a gift from God. This is an assignment. Mm -hmm. Mary, I've come to you with your assignment from God. Okay? Here's what your assignment is. Look at Luke 131. You will anybody ever watch mission impossible <laughs> yes your mission should you choose to accept it your mission should you choose to accept it you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a son now somebody else might he might have said you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth forth an air airline you will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a production company. You will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a medical cure. You will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a wealth-creating society. You will conceive in your womb and you will bring forth a new sound. You with me? Yes. Okay. And here he said, and you shall call his name Jesus. Okay? Now that's what her assignment is. I am paralleling this in the few minutes that we have left, okay, with what he is saying to you. That way, your assignment, whatever it is, because it's, it's, it's well past, you get to marry a hunk or a beautiful bombshell or whatever it is. You, know. you get to... Ooh, you get to you get to come come up with the best tasting sugar free but don't taste sugar free kind of concoction, and you get to have the cure for the fat cells, uh, you know, or you get to do this or formula race car, and you get to you're gonna have the, the you're gonna develop the piece that's needed to to you know okay whatever it is it's bigger than and, and along now hear me because the assignment the marriage or the relationship is a part of that. But it's, 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 it's to help to fulfill it. And it's the fun that you get to have with it, okay? But the thing is always bigger than you. Minister Dury is very fond of saying that the seed, you know, the, what, the, the harvest is greater than the seed. It's bigger. It's going to come out bigger. So what he's telling you is this is what you've been called to do. And these are all the tools and things that are going to come into your life to help you to get there. Yes. When you accept the assignment from God, all of these things y'all been mad about, God ain't brought to pass. He ain't brought them to pass because you ain't moved into the assignment. You're still sitting up there waiting for the ads. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I want to solve some problems and get rid of some bitterness. And then we're still going to talk about bitterness, but just not tonight. Okay. Well, we are talking about bitterness. This will start getting it out of you. Because because bitterness is rooted in a lie. It's always rooted in a lie. A lie you believe about you and about others and about God. Okay? So you will call forth. Here's your assignment. You will conceive. Verse 30. Let me give you that again. You have found favor with God. The grace of God is upon you to bring forth what God has brought you into the earth to bring forth. 
That is being spoken to every citizen of the kingdom of God. The grace of God, the assignment from God, the favor of God is upon you to do what he put you in this earth to do. If you're supposed to graduate from college because you got to go beyond it to get to something, you're going to graduate. You just have to understand everything. This is why, oh, please pray that the Lord will open the door for me to get a job. And I say, no, we will not do that. We don't pray that low. But we will say, Lord, thank you for opening their eyes to see and to hear so that they will ask or receive from you the assignment and the place that you have sent them to so that you can bring forth your desires for them. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's the same Woo. thing as an amen. Yeah, yeah. Woo if she had a handkerchief, it'd be waving tonight. Okay? All right. Okay. All right. So, your work will be great. What you're doing, even if it's small, it's still great in the kingdom. And it will be called, here he says this one, he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. But what is he saying to you? It will be made known, it will be um, the preeminence, the son of the highest will have preeminence in what you do. Because no matter what we're called to do is always to bring forth Yeshua. Can you see this? Yes. I'm just speaking in my high-pitched voice. It hurts. All right. <clears throat> Let me go back to me. Right. <laughs> and he'll be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, everything that he said, verse 31, 32, 33, was about the assignment. It was not about her. Verse 30 is about her. You have grace to bring this forth. Verse 34, she said, how can this be since I don't know a man? Y'all say, but I don't have any money, but I haven't graduated, but I don't know how to do this. How is this possible? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yes. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for being honest tonight. <laughs> In other words, she says, now this is the situation. I'm not telling you no, I'm simply asking, based upon my finances, if you saw my bank account, have you seen my credit report? You got to understand, I didn't even, I barely got my, my diploma. Uh, they exclude me from these play, all of the Moses story. Isn't this what Moses did? Do you people know your Old, Old Testament? Yes. This is what Moses did. Okay, so she's using, uh, he, she's, she's just bringing forth the, the, the stuff that God doesn't know. But she said, she said, she says, how can this be based upon this circumstance? And he said, Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the truth for everybody. Holy Spirit will overshadow you. This is. Or okay, this is this is the truth for everybody. When you ask the question, Lord, you've asked me to build this or call me to do how how is this possible based upon my circumstances? So your circumstances are not connected, it's supernatural. Yeah. As soon as he brought Holy Spirit into the equation, it moved you understand this is supernatural. Mm -hmm. That's why, sweet thing, it wasn't about you in verse 31 or 32 or 33. Because it doesn't, it's not about you. You're the vehicle by which it comes 
but you are not the source. Truth is the source. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So he said, Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power, whoa, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. So the dunamis, the miracle working power, the strength, the ability, the, the excellence of soul, the power and the influence and the wealth and the riches that come from above are poured into this thing. I'm paying for it myself. He said, I'm financing the entire operation. Oh, I see some lights coming on in this room and we're about out of time. Well, we're not out of time, but you know, we started late, but I'm, I'm still going to keep going. Okay? Can, is it all right? Yeah. yeah. Indulge me for a few moments? Yeah. Because you're like, please, yes, do it. I'm going to hear this. Okay. All right. He will, it says, shall overshadow you. Okay, say epi. Kiazzo. Epi. Kiazzo. Okay, good. You just spoke Greek. All right. <laughs> it means that you will be enveloped in a haze of his brilliance. He will invest into you his supernatural, preternatural influence. You won't have to rely upon what you never had, which is called an original thought. You will have the brilliance of the mind of Christ come upon you. And you will operate from that place. You will know how to do things you don't know how to do. This is what he's telling you right here. I mean, y'all can look this up. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I love this stuff. I, I, you know what's fun for me? No, we don't care. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, <laughs> is that I learned this right along with you. And when I feel like these little... It helps me. Okay. So, therefore, he says, also, that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. So what did he say? So what did you bring forth? This tower that you built? You didn't build a name for yourself. This will be in the unity of the faith. And God's signature is going to be all on it. So you don't even get the credit for it. Do you care? No. Because he's financing the deal. Which means you get to live in the penthouse. And you ain't got to worry about the lion because you got security that'll shoot it. So, you know, everything is fine. It, you're going to go through some hardship. But you know what? You've got, you've got a, a security uh, force, if you will, protection detail. That's designed to guard this holy thing that you were carrying. Most of us just haven't bothered to carry it. Okay, so that's what he said. Now, I'm going to skip down because he told her, well, he told her about her cousin. So he said, look, it's already happening. Your cousin Elizabeth, you know that old woman because you're the young chick. And she's the older one. And she ain't never had nothing to show for this. But it's happening for her. I'm telling you, this thing has already started. You just bring, we brought you in six months later. But it's already started. So see, you just being rolled in for your part. But what she's doing is part of what's happening with you. Okay? So, and she was called barren. So I'm, I'm telling you, Mary, this thing is real. This is, this is God. And that testify oh truth has just shown up this message is sourced from truth there is no lie connected to this that's what she's getting and so what did she say and then he said this, this is the clincher but with god nothing will be impossible well 
Would you like to sign in on this? Or did you want to go with plan B? There is no plan B. This is the plan of God. There's only one source for truth, and he is it. This dude, this bright light or whatever he is, this one that's coming to tell me, he is definitely come from God. How do I know? Because he can't do anything to make this happen. He said, but with God, nothing will be impossible. Ping, ping, ping. What's happening in her? And in her? Truth. Truth. Truth is resonating all around. It's vibrating. And she made a decision. Because everything about her life and the life that she had planned with this man that she was engaged to, everything has now come to the forefront. Here's what God said, and here's the life she and Joseph have planned. And she's saying, well, what Joseph and I planned is going to have to fall in line. It will fall in line with what he has said. No fear of my life, no fear of any of this. Because if he, this is what he said, then the protection detail. Joseph had a mind to put her to death, right? Quietly or put her away. But the protection detail was already dispatched to take care of it. As soon as she did what? Submitted. She said, Behold, here I am, the maidservant of the Lord. I have just chosen my source for truth. Be it unto me. Let it be to me according to your word. Let the seed. I just opened my mouth and provided the gateway for the seed to be planted in me, not outside of me. The word ectopic was what we talked about on Sunday. Ectopic is that you hear it and you let it land on you, but you don't submit to it so that it does not come into you. She became impregnated with word. What word? The word that was of, that brought forth Yeshua, the living word. She said, I submit. I lay down every plan. I lay down every scheme. I lay down every idea that I have of what it will look like. And I'm willing to take the risk. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. And as soon as she said that, the angel left. That's it. The angel left. Well, where'd he go? Who cares? What stayed? The word. The word was now in her. The word was in her. God, what God called you to do, you go, okay, Lord, I think that's great. But did you ever submit to it? No. You thought about it. You went and talked. I'm called, you know, I think the Lord has called me to do, you know. I believe that it's starting to look like I don't understand how I'm gonna do it. Oh, you know, I gotta try to figure this out. Oh, you know, I'm writing down the plans, I just don't see it. But you didn't go back to him and say, I submit to this calling that you've given me. And so therefore the plans, the blueprint is in you and it will flow out of you. As opposed to you running around trying to go, let me sign up for this course and do this and do this and do this. It starts with the seed. But if the seed does not take root, everything that you do is in violation of the constitution of the kingdom because the Bible says unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. So all of these things you built, tear down the walls I build up, every wall I build up, <laughs> tear them down. Just say, you know what? I just speak destruction to everything that has been made independent of God. I speak confusion 
into all of those areas that he is not a part of. I'm no longer in unity with darkness. So if you've been called to build something, you've been called to, you've had it prophesied, but you've listened and pondered it and you've tried to figure it out and you've tried to go back to these folks to try to get them to explain to you something that they don't remember you. You know, when they release a prophetic word, they release what the Spirit of the Lord was saying. He said, because I'm the source of it. Why, why would you go hunting down a person when you can come to me? I'm the person that's going to unpack it. I'm the one that's going to open it up to you. Open it up in you. You got to take this in and stop trying to get it from out. Okay, so if you've had uh, if God, you know, I promise, I promise I'll marry you off. I promise you won't be one of my ugly children. I promise. No, that's not how it works. What he probably said is the Lord says he has a spouse for you. The Lord said that this is supposed to happen. And I hear the Lord say, that's what typically you'll get a prophetic word. I hear the Lord say, or I see this. or so, And you're going, yeah, but you know, my experience with that has been this. And well, you know, I know that that's what he said. But the, see, you, you, you've been doing it thinking that there was more than one source of truth. And so you haven't submitted to truth. You've submitted to reason. Yeah. The ouch goes right there. Big mistake. He said he healed you, but I don't feel healed. Lord, when you send your healing, send your healing, that happened at Calvary and before, even before Calvary. Okay, so no. I, today, I cease and desist from trying to ask God to give me what I already have. And instead, I'm going to go to the person that's in me, the Holy Spirit, if he's in you, to teach you what he's wanting to teach you. As I said, he's teaching me how I see. I, it turns out I've had a lot more experience and things in the spirit realm than I knew, and I could have avoided a lot of stuff <laughs> if I had paid attention to the fact that he was talking to me instead of going home talking about, I just wish he would explain this to me. It's like, well, then why don't you talk to him about it? I, I, I just don't know what to ask. I don't know what. I, I just, I don't see. I just don't see. I don't see. Well, you do, but your seeing is typically hearing. And then you see. Oh, how? And you know, Jesus, he's so fun. He says, mm, that's kind of why I said, pay attention to how you hear. Because maybe you hear what you see. Pay attention to what you're hearing. So that when I'm talking to you, you'll come back to me to ask me, what are you saying? What is it that you want to get across to me? And there's more on that, but I'm out of time, really. Because that's, oh, we've gone. Well, we... Y'all have joined us with the, these people have actually stretched this out, and I have enjoyed every moment of it because I just kept talking. So um, <laughs> so it was mutual. But I think for you, it's probably the same period of time that we typically have online. But for them, we've been here a while. And I want to thank you so much. I, I want to release this over us to say, ask the Holy Spirit. I mean, seriously. You are on the, you are right here. We're on the edge. And I think that some of them, they're going to do this before we leave here tonight. But you are right there to the place where you're about to absolutely wreck the plan of darkness in your life. And you are about, ready? Just fall into it. What? You are about to receive 
Submit to what God has said and everything in your life is about to change. I'm telling you, old things and scales about to fall from your eyes and your mind is about to change and you're going to have a different attitude and you're going to cease and desist from all this drama of being so sad all the time about your life and you're going to give up and try to sign up to try to find you somebody and you're going to quit and all this other things because usually it's right about there pursuing the money and trying to get all the stuff that when you submit to the plan of God, he's already got it stored up for you. But it comes from submission. This is an opportunity to grow into sonship, to grow and to cease, move from technon to move towards rios. And that's what we have released to you tonight. And we'll have more because this is all a part of getting rid of bitterness and doing all the rest of this stuff. So we're receiving, I have to stop. Oh, God. Thank you, Father, for this. Can y'all say that? Thank you for this. And I'll answer the question. Somebody's saying, but how do I do it? That's the one thing. How am I supposed to do it? How am I supposed to do it? Number one, Lord, I am letting go of my independence from you. Number two, because your word says that I am to repent. This is what the Bible says. That when Jesus, when John the uh, the immersive started and when Jesus came, he began to preach, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what this message is about. So what you're going to say is, repent means I'm going to change my thoughts. I'm going to move from one way of thinking to move into the God way of thinking. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to say, um, your word says to confess my sins. I've sinned by being independent of you, by, by refusing to believe you as my only source of truth. Tonight, I take you as my source of truth. Next of all, I'm going to change my thinking. I'm choosing to repent. I receive forgiveness for everything that I've done that's been a wreck, but I let the holy wrecking ball just come and trash that other mess. All right? I'm going to change my thinking. Let's repent. I am changing from believing that I have more than one source for truth and taking you on as my only source. Therefore, I'm taking my identity. All right? It's a lot of words, but here, repent. Change your thinking. I'm going to bow, submit my thinking to God's way of thinking. Next, what you have said, I take it as true. And I say to you, just as Mary did, here I am. I am your servant. I am your child. Be it unto me as you have said. I take this word, this which is seed, I take it in. Everything that you said, your plan, I receive my assignment. And I take it in. Be it unto me the way you desire my life to be. That's what you're surrendering. Okay? And then as you do that, he will tell you what his plans are. This is what will be. This is what I want. This is what I want. And I take what that angel said to that woman. With you, all things are possible. All things. Nothing is impossible. Because this is your plan. And then I'm just going to. Let you grow it in me because you're going to pour it out and I'm going to let you talk to me. And I'm going, we're, we're doing this thing together, God. This is not me by myself because I'm not going to try to make my name great. I'm going to watch you make your name great through me. That's what we release. So y'all got the instructions? Okay. If not, contact us at astoundinglove.org and send your questions in. We're releasing this prayer over you. Give me praise to God. I give praise to God because this thing is huge. This thing is huge. As everybody in the body of Yeshua starts to take this in, we're about to see this world change mm -hmm. in an awesome, amazing, great way.
So I'm past 20 and we, that's who I am. <sighs> but I'm a spirit that's alive to God in this body of this house that's called Lindsay Legalee. That's who I am. But this message is to come to you straight from the kingdom of God, come from the throne, come from on high. And I pray and I release these words, and I'm going with these words. I have expectation. You're going to grow in this thing. You're going to grow in this thing. You're going to grow in this thing. Every single one of you that chooses it. This is happening. Really, this is happening. Everything changes now. And so we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you for that. This will bring us into the unity of the faith. Everybody believe in God. This brings us into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And so I got to stop. So I'm going to stop. I've got at least five hours more stuff to talk about, but I won't do it tonight. I have to go right. Okay, so thank you so much. And yes, I see somebody waving an envelope. So tithes, offerings, um, gifts, seeds, uh, what are those other things called? Trades. Thank you. <laughs> this is the time. The floor is open. And so you give online. They've got all that already there. I love you so much. I want to thank you. Come on, minister, and, and, and do this. Thank you so much. For, for being a part of us tonight. As we receive, I'm going to let you be a part of the prayer time. Who, this is huge. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. This is huge. This is huge. This is huge. This is a testimony she found. She asked God, this woman, where is it? And he showed her hidden money, treasures. Do you understand? He showed her. And you're asking him, God, show me where it is. Show me where it is. Show me what my part is. I want to I want to increase this thing. I want to make this big. I want to make this so much bigger than my life. I want my life to be bigger than me. I want to be part of the perfect body. The body of Yeshua. Go ahead and pray. Yes. Do you have the mic? It's okay. He can do it. Thank you, Father, for these tithes and offerings. These gifts of love, we thank you, Father, for your word and God for us tonight. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Father God. We receive it. We receive every word, Father God. Mm, thank you, Lord. God. We thank you that it, it brings forth fruit yes. enough and it multiplies and it multiplies and it fills out, Father, of all the earth, up to all of our friends, our family, our loved ones, yes. and to everyone that, that hears us, Father, and sense the love of God in us. And we thank you, Father. That you are the love, Father. You are the one that gave it all to us. And, and we thank you that we, we give a portion of that to you. And we thank you for the blessing, Father God, of being able to give. Thank you, Jesus. Of holiness, Father. We thank you for the blessing of your kingdom altogether, Father. We have truly been blessed tonight. We receive yes, every have. word, Father, every word yes, straight from the throne of God. And we thank you for fulfilling our desire, Father God. That desire. <laughs> to be who you have called us to be. And we receive it by faith. In Jesus' name. And everyone agree to say amen. Amen. Apologies, but you go ahead and dismiss us too. So I want to say thank you again to those of you that have joined us online. We love you. We invite you. We'll see you on Sunday at 1045 a.m. for Biblical Solutions for Life. And I'm Pastor Lindsay Lee telling you I love you so much. Thank you so much and good night.